0: Welcome to No Room for Phonies. It is episode four in the education series that we've been doing for a bit, I guess, Come on. July, end of June, we yep. started, right? So, um, this episode is what to do when your child doesn't want to go to
1: school. I remember those days yeah. when I didn't want to go to school. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, our kids, our kids were,
0: Sebastian had some. Well, yes, I guess we exactly should really, too. yeah. That yeah. you are, if you are have a child going to school, you are going to run into I this think so. at some point. So uh the first thing is the cocktail, which we haven't tried yet because we are in the dog days of summer and a amazing heat wave. So uh, we really haven't um tried this one because it seems like a little bit of a cool weather one. We were going to yeah. do it the other night, and it was so hot. So. Anyway, it's called a Frankie. It's ice cubes, half an ounce of Frangelico, half an ounce of Kahlua, an ounce of Irish cream, an ounce of actual cream, and some finely crushed hazelnuts. So this seems like -like. cool weather by the fire, kind of. So So we'll, we'll hopefully get it in in August. If not, I guess we'll be doing it in September. We can do a flip. We can flip. Or we can just do two in September. Um, I want to um, introduce another debut novel novel under the um, book recommendation by Angie Kim called Miracle Creek. It's a murder mystery that all starts with a little lie. As do so many. So well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if murders well, start m- the with murder lies. mysteries. Yeah. Anyway, it's just a great book. So, m- Miracle Creek by Angie Kim, and it is her debut novel. Awesome. Um, the podcast rec- recommendation, I want to recommend Revisionist History by Malcolm Gladwell. He considers all kinds of topics from the past from a different perspective. So. Ooh. Have a listen to, to that. Uh, I want to recommend I'm going it to, to subscribe
1: because that's I'm kind of getting tired of the ones I've been listening yeah, to. Yeah, well, so. and
0: I wanted to recommend this one to our son um, Zachary because yeah, I think he would like really that. like this one. And then the question, which no one seems to be answering them, but anytime someone answers them, we'd um, be happy to. We'd be uh, happy. But and this... if you don't
1: know where to answer them, then or ask them, just send us an email to no room for the number four at gmail.com.
0: Right. So, but my question is, do parents actually feel comfortable being equal partners with their child's teacher? I was talking about this at breakfast this morning with my friend, mm-hmm. and she was saying that she feels that the most important thing that parents want from their children is for them to be happy at school. From, so, From they, their
1: children or one from school? From their children,
0: sorry. When their children come home from school, yeah. what they're looking for is, oh, I had a great day. I had fun. Yeah so they're not really and if school kind of looks like it did when they went to school then they seem so the average parent that's the average parent that's are you the average parent i don't know i'm asking oh yeah i know so i mean i say that if your child's school is the same if you send your child to grade one and say you went to grade one like 30 or 25 years ago and your child's grade one class looks the same as yours did when you went to school, that that's probably a bit of a problem.
1: Absolutely, a bit of a
0: problem. So anyway, that's my question. Do parents actually feel comfortable being equal partners with their child's teacher? Do you actually feel comfortable having a conversation with your child's teacher like you would with your doctor if you had some kind of... Like questions about your health or your natural path when you're asking questions about. Yeah,
1: I wonder because like I think in the past people kind of respected and held teachers up in esteem. And I don't think that the majority of parents do that necessarily anymore, view them as the experts, but they're still not viewing themselves as necessarily the experts. It's kind of like I'm just handing my kids over. Right. And sight, I think out of sight, out of mind. And
0: I think to some degree, like some teachers get their backs up. And well, then, some
1: some teachers are very like, "Well, I'm the expert. I'm the one with the training right. on how to be a teacher. What do you know?"
0: And but I will say, the absolute all. fear of parents when they confront or have to deal with a teacher is that the teacher is going to take it out on their child. Yeah. And that is like the one thing because I have had parents at my door saying, "This teacher, like, oh my goodness, like this is terrible," and I can't take this but don't tell her we said it because i don't want her to take it out on my kid yeah so that's a big problem. that's a big problem so anyway if you've had experiences like that please like feel free to um send us an email or talk to us or whatever you would like to do so what to do if your child doesn't want to go to school and one of the things we always said to our kids was going to school for you is like going to work for me it's your job yeah so you're required to dress up show up and do your best so absolutely i mean that was how we always looked at school. It's a job that you have to go and do. As That's that's a kid job. That's what kids and do.
1: I think with the online thing, it, it's those of us that are working from home online still have a job to do and our employers expect us to get a certain amount of hours right. or Absolutely. things done. So it's online is the same thing. This is now your that's job. That's your job. It's you what, have re- requirements. Whatever. And from the families, I know that homeschool their kids. It's the same thing. Yeah, they, you have
0: these set hours that you're... On and you have to do what like I said my line was always dress up show up do your best yeah. so um, and the other thing I think for um, if your kid doesn't want to go to school is to really have a look at your home routines because routine is essential to helping kids fulfill their responsibilities as students and routine to me means proper sleep nutrition exercise um, requiring appropriate kinds of behaviors like doing chores and Uh, you know everyday politeness (laughs) and and um, you know that you have a meal around the table that you are used to doing things in kind of a routine Mm -hmm. way that um, when they get up in the morning you know and some kids struggle with the morning routine so you can use little pictures or little checklists or whatever to help them through it but I think if your child is struggling at school, take a hard and honest look at the routines in your house and see if there's something. Yeah. And if
1: you are like five thirty in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, because of taking your child to preschool daycare, uh, it really does mean that they need to go to bed a lot earlier. Yeah, and because they need their eight to ten hours, and um, so yeah. And I
0: mean, I think the other thing is is. A routine checkups and health care and I mean I don't want to get into the whole vaccine debate about COVID-19 but vaccines and checkups for your kids so you know that they are healthy and ready for what school requires yeah. of them kind yeah. of a thing
1: like a pediatric physical every year like yeah those kind of things
0: and I, the other thing I also um, said to our kids when they kind of didn't want to go to school is your child does not have to like or love every teacher that they have. And it is appropriate for kids to learn to work with different kinds of teachers and different kinds of kids in different kind of learning environments. Yeah. You don't have to love or want to play with literally every child in your kid's class. No. But you have to be... And and some years,
1: if you're lucky to have a rotation schedule, you will have a different teacher for French or for Zed. So enjoy the other teacher and just do your best with the one that's not great.
0: And we went back to the whole job thing, right? You're not always going to have the perfect boss. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to get used to working and playing with different kinds of
1: people. So, But this is also where, as parents, you stay engaged and keep your ear to the ground and listen for red flags.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a line, but we always talked about that with our kids. You might love your teacher. You might adore your teacher, but you might not so much. And... So we can talk about that and find and look for strategies, which we're going to talk about later. Okay. The other thing that does cause kids not wanting to go to school is too much moving from school to school, mm-hmm. especially if you're moving p- because they're just unhappy. So that's if, very so dangerous. Like we
1: do know some families that pulled their kids after two months because the kid was upset, and then after two months because their kid was upset and. that kind
0: of thing that movement but moving schools from year to year if possible and students do lose learning about two months worth every time they they move schools so um when they keep moving around and shifting schools they're not going to be learning any strategies to actually deal with the situation that they have if you just keep constantly pulling them out of it so i think
1: and if you believe that school is partly preparation for the workforce not we don't necessarily think that that's 100% what it's about but the workforce now if you look anywhere type in google soft skills and the biggest soft skills is teamwork and Mm -hmm. communication and you need to learn how to do that Uh, and starting an elementary school and i mean i am
0: going to talk about you know but these are some of the things that you can do as far as preparing your kids and getting them ready so that when they come home and they say, I don't want to go to school, you say, well, listen, is are you unhappy with your teacher? Well, you might be unhappy with your teacher sometimes, just like you might be unhappy with your boss. I mean, a lot of it is listening and talking listening through and
1: making it a safe space for them to vent.
0: And uh, the other thing that we've. I've learned more about this in the last little while, but I did use this kind of language when I was talking to parents of kids who didn't want to go to school. Happiness is a feeling. It comes and goes. Happiness is an ice cream cone. Happiness is a sitting on the beach at your vacation, but finding joy and fulfillment is... Important, And it's only dependent on you. Like it's not dependent on anyone but you. So that happiness feeling is is fleeting. And then you need to look for more solid things like fulfillment and joy and learning and success and, Mm -hmm. you know, experiencing mistakes. And like sometimes kids just get home and are sad at school because they something went wrong and I don't want to go back. Mm-hmm. but if you kind of get more well, and one solid of, one of
1: our sons was very sensitive to his friends getting in trouble he did right. very little to get in trouble but his friends would be in trouble and the injustice of it all would make him furious and right. so we would just have to talk through that and um, he didn't want to go to school because it was just unfair
0: Yeah. So we just talked through that. And I mean, this I don't I'm not trying to be crass, but the sooner we all realize that life is not fair, I think it's better for all of us. And we're responsible for our own finding our path and finding joy and doing our best and kind of taking control of things. But even given that there are some real reasons why kids don't want to go to school. And one is that they feel unsafe. I mean, the true definition of bullying is important. Everything is not bullying. Bullying is a repeated action against uh, the same person over and over again, just to like make their life miserable. Like it's not one little incident on the playground where somebody's sad and you have to teach your kids to manage things and have courage and speak up. Yeah, like, probably. bullying might get worse a little bit after you speak up, but if you have respectful adults dealing with situations, I mean, we had a bad situation with one of our kids where the principal just said, well, every problem is 50-50, and that's not true. Every yeah. problem is not 50-50. Yes, there's a little contribution, but sometimes it's 10-90. Mm-hmm so it's 595 well and and sometimes it's self
1: defense and whatever yeah
0: um so i mean they kids can come feel unsafe and if they're talking to you about feeling unsafe that's a reason not to go and it has to, to, to be school.
1: taken seriously yeah. yeah
0: and sometimes difficulties at home where the child feels that things are going to fall apart when they leave mm-hmm. i had kids that didn't want to go to school because they basically said they couldn't go to school because their mom Needed them at home yeah. to look after little ones or to do some of these other things. So, I think you have to be careful about that. Sometimes some traumatic experience
1: at impacts away them from away
0: from school. Impacts them. And just,
1: I mean, just think of ourselves. If you've gone through something terrible, you don't. You really don't want to go to work for a while. Yeah. We do have short-term leave. Yeah. <laughs> for, just for that yeah. reason.
0: Um, Feelings of anxiety, not knowing what to do or what to expect or not having strategies to deal with the ups and downs that just naturally occur within a school day. Right. And if they're if they're a really routine kid and they all of a sudden go into a classroom where their routines aren't very clear, that is a cause for anxiety. Mm. It really is. I think I think that happened to a couple of our kids Mm. Just social phobia or other kinds of phobia. I mean, I dealt with I've dealt with kids over the years who um, had a phobia about going to the public the publicness of a school bathroom. Yeah, and so we made other arrangements because yeah. it, we just did right. Um, developmental issues like ADHD and autism and all those kinds of things make school difficult for some kids mm-hmm. right and substance abuse or addiction to tv or computer games that makes going to school difficult for, for some kids just conflict with a teacher or rumor of a, of some teacher being terrible right yeah, yeah. and then kids are just like I can't, I'm not going to school. I can't have that teacher because so and so said she's terrible and whatever. So you have to kind of work through. There is separation anxiety as well. Yeah. Like some kids just have separation anxiety. And it's, not, and sometimes. I never really
1: thought of that because there were times in my elementary school years where my dad would be gone for two or three weeks at a time and yeah. then home for a weekend and then gone again. And I had a lot of heart and I didn't even equate that.
0: With... Yeah. And so. You know, you've you alluded to it. Like we have to take our what to do about that. You have to take your kids seriously. You have to come across as a listener who really wants to understand what the problem is and ask questions and listen and hear them out. Be careful about letting them start to stay home because it starts a pattern that can be really, really hard to break. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've heard of people giving, well, I just giving my kid a break day or I'm just doing this or I'm just doing that. Be careful about how disrespectful that is towards the teacher as As well. Like, I love, I was away yesterday. Is there anything, did we do anything yesterday? Because I was away. (laughs) Worst thing ever. Didn't we do anything? We did. uh, Like, a whole bunch of stuff. So, I think you just have to, and sometimes now.
1: Because I have college students. Hey, Prof, did I miss anything important? Well, everything I teach is important. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. Yeah,
0: right. And so, then you have that problem. If you do that too often, then they're like, then they have to catch up and depending on if it's like a stronger teacher they'll have to catch up because every day is something new so mm-hmm. just be careful because sometimes that can add to the problem and tough love is not a bad thing you don't have to be mean about it but kids don't usually act out for no reason no. and it is quite possible that your child is having a hard time at school and it could be something recent or something that's been building for a long time like you
1: mean like a hard time academically
0: no I'm just a hard any, time at school I could it could be academics it could be some little creep on the playground being mm-hmm. nasty mm-hmm. it could be a fear of going to the bathroom it could be problems at lunch like
1: yeah.
0: someone walking down the hall every time they go to the bathroom and some kid has been put out in the hall and they pester them every time they walk by like it can be in the bathroom mm-hmm. like it can just be anything and you can say things to your kids like well it surprises me that you're too tired to go to school i thought i thought you were sleeping well cuz kids will sometimes say oh, i'm too tired yeah and you know and is you can say is there something you've been working extra hard on or something that's using up all your energy that you're too tired to go to school mm-hmm. like i think you you have to and, but the
1: too tired. Then also, first thing I would do is look back at your diet. Is there a sugar crash because they had yep. too many sweet things?
0: Or uh, you had a lot going on in your household for a few and weeks. And there was a
1: lot of disruption. Yeah.
0: So sometimes when a child is worrying, um, they are very tired as well, yes. right? Like that impacts Anxiety them. Makes so, them exhausted. and so. Um, when they say i hate you know they come home and say oh i hate school and you can say well i know that you don't often hate school so is there something particular that's making you so unhappy that you want to don't want to go back like, like when this they day. when they come yeah. in the door and they say i hate school i'm never going back yeah. you know and then if they talk about kids being mean, the kids are mean to me. Everybody's mean to me. I mean, as a principal, I heard that all the time. They're being mean to me. Okay, so what are they doing? Like, I need to know specifically what they're doing. Because we had our kids, Sebastian particularly, could be a little over sensitive to some things. And you do have to have some kind of thicker yep. skin here and there everywhere. But you need to know what is happening. Can you tell me who they are? What grade are they in? So that I, like you have to validate what the kid is saying and then help them. Would you like me to talk to your teacher or are you gonna go or should we go to the teacher together? Have you tried talking to the teacher? Um, You know, like, there's all kinds of ways to give kids yeah. strategies so that they feel empowered at yeah. school.
1: But there's also the kid who very quickly acts antisocial and kind of makes it harder for themselves yep. just because of their behaviors. Yeah,
0: And I mean, nobody deserves to be treated in a mean and unkind way. No, doesn't matter who you are and what you are, but... There are ways that we can give our kids strategies. They come home and they say that school's terrible. And, um, and you can just say things like, it sounds like things aren't really going well as, as well as you'd like at school. What's the most challenging thing about school right now? What is too hard? And maybe at that point then, um, you know, you seem to be having trouble staying on top of your homework or maybe your work at school. And that means you have more homework or your teachers called me and said you're not getting work done. Do you feel that's a challenge? Your work is a challenge. And so you can talk about different strategies to stay organized and focused. I mean, life is life and you have to do it. And I mean, it isn't always a possibility to just withdraw your child and homeschool them, nor is it a possibility to say, oh, well, this classroom's not working out. Let's just move to another one or this school's not working out. Let's just move to another one. I mean, and I, I don't 100% know that that is completely the most effective thing to do because then you want your kids to feel empowered Mm -hmm. to be able to manage their lives because at some point you want them to like grow up and go manage their life. Absolutely. Right? Because you're not always going to be there. I mean, I've said that to a lot of parents. I said, let's give some strategies because we aren't always going to be there as parents to you know, helicopter or saran wrap them or do whatever it is that some parents want to do, they're going to have to be empowered and responsible for their own lives and joy and fulfillment and happiness mm, and success. And mistakes. So I've, I, I, I'm going to give you at the end of this, I'm pretty much taught, you know, and if you did have a specific child of yours that didn't want to go to school, you can email or get in touch with me and I, I will help, I can listen to your particular situation and mm-hmm. give some advice. That, we've we've had a lot of. Uh, well, e- I've had a, ton a lot of, of
1: evening visits with uh, friends, of, you know, friends and friends of friends. Well, and I think the other thing that
0: stuff. I had some kids that were school phobic, and I as the Principal set up a special program for them so that when they came to school in the morning, they had a job to do first thing. And so that got them hooked. And then throughout the day, if they were struggling, we had strategies in place. Well, I actually need you to take a break and deliver these notices or do this or do that for me or the custodian needs a little help with this. Mm-hmm. So actually setting up like an actual plant safety plan for the child who is really coming across as school phobic it does mm-hmm. happen yeah i'm not going and i've gone out to cars where kids are like hanging on to the seatbelt and won't let go and screaming and won't come in the building and blah 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 and i mean
1: so sorry i'm just remembering i was i was dragged from It's a complicated story. The short version is the principal dragged me down the stairs by my feet out of my house.
0: Yeah, that wouldn't be happening these days. But (laughs) I have had to go to people's houses and coax kids out from underneath beds and out of backyards. And, you know, and that's the point where I said, well, what is it that you're, you know, if you're able to come into school today, all you have to do is this or just come for a half an hour, and make that half an hour very good, and then start increasing it. I mean, there are severe cases of Mm -hmm. kids who don't want to go to school, and I have been successful with assistance from um, pediatric psychiatrists and other kinds of therapy. Sometimes not as severe,
1: just a good team of teachers. Yes, and sometimes we
0: did get things sorted out without it being that bad Mm -hmm. but there are all kinds of extremes of this and I pretty much have seen it all so don't hesitate but I just wanted to um, end with how you motivate your child to be a learner and I think so these are the things that you as a parent can do and one of them is to develop an atmosphere of reading in your home. And one of the most important times to be doing that is in the evening.
1: It does not have to be fiction and stories. We nope. have we had we have, we have a both kinds. We have a nonfiction reader, so we found lots mm-hmm. of things uh, age appropriate newspapers, magazines, magazines newspapers.
0: online, blah blah blah, whatever it is they're reading, they're readings. But an mm-hmm. atmosphere of reading. An atmosphere of reading gives you builds your vocabulary, gives you knowledge, makes you a better writer. All those kinds of things. Letting
1: the child be in the driver's seat as much as possible.
0: Yeah. So that's my empowerment thing, right? Like, make sure that you are not taking over. And I know that I have seen kids become the most successful when their parents gave them strategies rather than flying in or helicoptering in or parachuting in or whatever you want to call it to save them kids are smart they don't need to be saved and the worst thing you can do ever in your life is underestimate a kid they could be totally manipulating you so Mm -hmm. just be careful (laughs) um encourage that open and sincere conversation with no judgment on what they're saying just listen and ask questions and try to get a full understanding of whether this is just some made up thing or they're just trying to push your buttons or whatever because it is very frustrating right like when your kid comes home and says i'm never going back to school uh i have to go to work and your dad has to go to work and you're whatever your mom you're going, blah, blah. you going you, you gotta go to school that's blah 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 just take it calm take a breath listen and work it through and focus on your child's interests when they're learning. So if your child shows a special interest and I that's why I really liked independent learning time or what I call um, genius hour in school because then you had that time every week or every so often where kids could pick their project and work on it that had to do with what interested them. And that's the beauty of the new program, the new kindergarten program in Mm -hmm. Ontario, is Mm -hmm. that's what it's focused on, what kids are interested in. But as they
1: get older, like if they like math a lot, like, you know, work together with them on how to find math in stories that they read like look for mathematical patterns and whatever and And if they like art then look at science and say well how can we draw art into science like and and it doesn't
0: mean that you have to pay for extra lessons or extra this or extra that it can just be you know for fun and then um introduce and encourage all kinds of different types of learning because Kids have different learning styles and, and sometimes they're in one bend and you kind of think, oh, well, why don't you try this or why don't you try that? So expose your kids to like kids sometimes who don't think they want to try do cooking, love cooking mm-hmm. or they love sewing or they love something that is a little bit more gardening or, you know, whatever, yeah. like in different kinds of sports that you might not be. Like we have hockey and baseball and all those things around here, but there's platform, like we started playing platform tennis and it's not that expensive, you know, it doesn't have to be that expensive. And there's,
1: uh, you know, there's uh, flexibility and like yoga type things like balance and headstands and it's not really full-blown gymnastics, but there's a lot of... No, and I mean, I think
0: you have to be enthusiastic about learning with them. And uh, like we have a um, stand-up paddleboard available. So take your family and try it. And even if you're falling off, I mean, we're having a meeting with the mayor on Monday because we think it's way too expensive for families, but that's a whole Big other aside. story. But there's be enthusiastic about learning different things and do a lot of learning kinds of things together. Do things together where you are discovering new things. Hikes and I mean, around here we have um, conservation, um, yes. Heartland Forest and Happy Rolfs and some of these places that are a- almost absolutely free where you can go with your kids and explore. Um, make it fun. Play games, board games, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. We played those. Focus on process rather than product or grades. We never really bought our kids like i would hear kids say well i'm getting ten dollars for each a i get eight yeah, a, a plus i would recommend that that's not a good grades idea. shouldn't
1: be the currency it should no. be more about enjoying learning should be the currency
0: and improvement or yeah. Like and maybe sometimes that teacher you'll you'll have a great year because all that teacher gives is A's. I've met a lot of those. And so that's <laughs> because not they even, don't want to deal with They're parents. often not like a wonderfully true reflection. Sometimes they are, I'm not saying that, but you have to be careful about that as your as your kind of bar that you've yeah. set. And this one to me is huge in helping your kids stay organized so that everything comes out of the backpack so you can see it. So, but that you have a structure and a routine in place for that because kids are not going to, I mean, I think I've talked about this before. Well, there's certain have,
1: personalities that, are, that take to it easily yes. and others no.
0: Well, and I would have uh, teachers come to me and say all oh, these kids are so disorganized and I walk in the classroom and I go, well no wonder. Because <laughs> the classroom is a complete disorganized mess. And there's no routines. And there's no routines in place.
1: Like the tuna sandwiches in the desk for several months later. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> And I said this already, celebrate every step, but not with outrageous gifts. Like at the end of the school year, everybody can go have an ice cream to celebrate that summer has happened, but you don't have to buy, give them a hundred dollars. Like that's ridiculous. And building on strengths, if we build on our strengths, our weaknesses are always there, but they're less. So if I'm, you know, if I'm good at something and I use that something to, Um, to learn and I'm not so good at something else I mean I might not be great at reading but I'm good at listening so I listen to stories and then I can write and do things better I think Mm -hmm. you have to focus on um, on On people's strengths. strengths when I was a special ed resource teacher and I had to talk to a family about a child having a learning disability, I was also always very careful to ensure that they understood what the child's strengths were, because those were the things we're going to use to combat the weakness, Mm -hmm. right? So, Mm -hmm. and then learn and grow together every day and everywhere. And I think that that is your responsibility as, as a parent. And I think if I'm saying anything to you, is you need to be in the driver's seat when it comes to your kid's education because... Don't hand it over. Don't hand it over. And don't think that just because your kid comes home all happy every day that they're learning or that you need to see evidence of, of their learning. Mm. And don't go in the classroom and say, oh, everybody's in rows and da-da-da. So that means it must be a great classroom. I, I, I might I think you might want to take some time... To become a bit more uh, well informed about what classrooms should look like now. And on that note, I will say that on the 30th of August, I'm going to talk about kids using technology for good in the classroom and what that should look like today. How easy it is for kids to access technology and how important it is that these kinds of things are in place for kids in the classroom and Absolutely. the kinds of ways that teachers can use it for, for good. Drink. So that's it Sounds for today. Great. Thank you for joining good topic. me. Yeah, I think it's a really important topic because I don't think there's a parent anywhere that hasn't had their kid come home with a bad day at school. Yeah. If you have, please let me know what your secret is. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for joining us. I believe this is episode 46. What to do when your child does not want to go to school. Thank you for coming and talking about our experiences having kids. And thank you for listening to No Room for Phonies. And don't be afraid to contact us in any way to uh, ask questions or let us know what you're thinking.
1: Happy getting ready for Fall 2021.
0: Yeah, it's around the corner. Thanks for joining us on No Room for Ponies.